It's when we're out on God's mission together, interacting with and serving others that are not all exactly like us or don't always agree with us or appreciate our lives and our perspectives. That's when our own unbelief and our selfishness or personal preferences, etc., all that stuff surfaces then. And then the gospel can be applied to all those areas of life. And see, that doesn't happen sitting in an air-conditioned classroom with lots of hot coffee and snacks being replaced in the back and us taking notes, nodding in agreement. It's when we're out on mission and with others that our unbelief is best addressed by the gospel. That's a big part of what's been lacking in a lot of discipleship in most churches, and it contributes to a lack of maturity and fruit that we're seeing today. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship is a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, and I'm here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, good to be back with you, Heath, as always. Yeah, man. Here we go again. I'm actually sitting in my house looking out my windows to one of the most beautiful days we've seen up here in the Northwest in a very, it is, very long time. It's phenomenal, right? And we are soon to hit, I think maybe tomorrow, close to 80. Oh, yeah. This right? weekend's supposed to be nice, right after the governor allows everything to kind of start opening back up. I know yeah. where everyone's going to be on the beach. I don't know. We're, 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 doing another, uh, we're doing another driveway happy hour soon, now that the weather is all turning oh, out yeah. awesome. Yeah, people are so into it and so out. Yeah, anyway. Hey, um, how did Mother's Day go for you guys? Well, uh, it was it was good. We went over to my sister's house. My mom was there. Uh, my sister, who's who's not a mother yet, uh, was there. My wife was there, who's an amazing mom. And we did a bit of a barbecue and let the kids play. And my sister lives right next to a park, so it was it's awesome because the kids go play and we bike ride and we avoided the new uh, giant hornets that are apparently did you hear yeah, about well, that the murder hornets or something <laughs> yeah the, like killer hornet did, thing. Did you see there was a meme and I reposted it the other day. Did you see about that? It it was, it said, it said, um, I want to be prepared this time, dot, dot, dot. How much toilet paper am I going to need for these murder hornets? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, what's funny is, I don't know, is that everywhere? Maybe people don't know what we're talking about. Maybe they don't know, but I know, I know here in Seattle, there was this big, big, huge news thing on, and they're giant, man. They're like the size of your hand. And I guess they're eating all the bees. (laughs) I guess there's, um, two spots in the state of Washington where they've been found. And uh, my kids watch this thing on YouTube all the time called uh, Coyote Peterson, who is a guy who goes out and gets stung by a bunch of random things and documents it. Yeah, I mean, that's his job is he gets paid to get stung. And he said these hornets were the worst sting of his life. He said it's like a metal rod being injected into his flesh. So I was like, I I don't even know how something like this exists. I expect expect (laughs) someone to catch one and go, oh, my gosh, it's motorized or something. Anyway. Yeah. But well, anyway, no, we, I'm glad you guys we, had a, a good uh, a good Mother's Day. We did too. Um, what did you guys do? Uh, everybody came over for a little um, Mother's Day brunch with okay. uh, Tina, and it's always a blessing. The hard part for her is not wanting to cook. You know, like our kids are amazing cooks because she trained them, and they yeah, love sure. to cook too as much as her. But she's like, I'll just make this, and I, I'm just going to go ahead and throw a little of that on too. I'm like, honey, they're bringing it all. Like, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, there. Awesome. But it's it was fun and very relaxed and casual and um, yeah. I mean, it's That's so cool. We have a blast whenever Team K's together and uh, just a I, call to the husbands too, right? That I mean, if you're only celebrating your wife or your mom or a lady in your life once a once a year, come on, step it up, 
right? Probably. Like, probably need to a little. She's going to yeah. say. He's going to say yes and amen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, I'm like, man, I need to do this way more often because she works her butt off all the time. Hey, I've never had a year where I couldn't have done better, right? At yeah. honor, honoring my wife, making her feel a little special, serving her. So, yeah, I, I received that, brother. Thank you. Thing, man. Hey, <laughs> uh, so we, we've got some cool new reviews. And so Davey Doodlebug said, um, amazing, practical, gospel-centered, recently started listening to this podcast and found it extremely helpful in framing some of my thoughts, hopes, and dreams that may have been rattling around in my head in regards to ministry. I love the practical nature, the content, and the way the guys progress through the material and that it's centered on biblical truth that leads listeners to make disciples who in turn make disciples. So awesome. Mr. Doodlebug or Mrs. Doodlebug, thank you so much for, uh, <laughs> for that kind comment. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it when anybody leaves those comments and reviews. That was a five star that again yeah. helps people. You know, Apple, that was an Apple review. You can leave reviews on any of the platforms that you listen on and you're not alone, right? Those platforms are huge. They're gaining attention and uh listenership so i i appreciate that you know that takes you know a minute but i it, boy it, it blesses us and it helps other people go you know this is something that uh, i might be interested in you know yeah, so absolutely hey speaking cool of is, go, ahead. go ahead speaking of that uh the um life school podcast is about to undergo a name change for that same reason, so that people know what it's about and can find it easier. Um, though we all hold dearly this Life School podcast, and you know, and I've got courses that fall under that, you know, sort of brand, if you will, Life School, right? And and that's not going to change. But um, as we've been doing the Everyday Disciple Challenge, and the coaching is called Everyday Disciple Incubator, and you know. Uh, all that stuff, we realized, boy, there's a real connection. I've actually had people write me in and say, hey, I really connect with this idea of being an everyday disciple. So, you know, that's really what we talk about, making, yep. you know, the gospel fit into everyday life and how it transforms our life on mission. But all the time, we're like, we're not just waiting for our afterlife. And so in the weeks ahead, and I'd love to hear from our listeners what they think about that, um, we're more than likely going to be sort of changing the name Otherwise, it's going to be the same, uh, but the podcast is going to be starting to be called the Everyday Disciple Podcast. So, yeah. love same to hear host, about that. Same, you know, it's everything's the same, just the name's changing. We're not losing our focus. We're not, we're not pivoting there. It's neither of us are leaving the show. We're just going to. Yep. We're going to change the name. Yep. So I'm excited about that. I think it's going to bring greater clarity when people are scrolling through because if they don't take the time to read what's this about life school, they might not have any idea, right? It's like purely a guess. And though it made total sense three years ago, now I'm thinking, hmm, I think if they see Everyday Disciple, there's a good chance they're thinking, oh, probably means something to do with discipleship and Jesus and so on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I would say for our devout fans who already have like the Life School podcast tattoo on their back, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just find some, find another spot on your body because we're going to do it again with the Everyday Disciple. I was actually thinking maybe, you know, if somebody got that tattoo, I'd pay for it. You know, if you want an Everyday Disciple tattoo, you know. Like and you're saying that we tattoo. haven't even like rolled out a new logo yet. So, but it's, yeah, we'll do it. Better I'll be awesome. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll just have somebody tattoo it and we'll scan that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, let's, how about we get to the show? <laughs> yeah, you know, as, as we get into today's topic, actually, we're going to talk about why we need gospel, community, and mission. Uh, we need all three of those to be able to make mature disciples. And I'm curious if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, you actually used to lead an organization called the GCM Collective that kind of focused on the gospel co community and mission, the GCM, correct? Yeah, I sure did. And that went on for several years with great people, um, my, myself and Jeff Vanderstelt and the things we were doing at SOMA. And there was some other guys down in San Diego 
and Texas, and then some of the folks in uh, the UK with the Crowded House. I'm not going to name everybody, but there was like there was a handful of us guys who were doing things very, very similarly, and we were constantly sharing our stuff back and forth and learning from each other. And then lots of lots of emails, people coming in going, hey, we heard about this. Can we get a copy of that? Can we get this? And we were like, mm, let's build a website that just puts all that stuff there so we can share it easier, but then we'll just make it public so everybody can, you know, download it as well. And so we did that. And then we called that the collective because we were collecting our things, the GCM gospel community and mission collective. But then there was a component on that website where you could like register and, and it, boom, put your dot on a map and people started seeing, Hey, there's a whole bunch of people near me. And they started forming their own groups that they called collectives. And so all of a sudden these GCM collectives popped up all over the country and all around the world. And so then I ended up, once I had moved on from like an official on staff role with Soma communities, I was sort of sent, uh, well, not sort of, I was to go lead the GCM collective as its first official director, like, cause it was becoming more than a website. It was really becoming a, a, a sort of a network. Right. Yeah. And, um, that, that was all focused on this idea that, you know, a missional community or a gospel centered community is the primary organizing structure of the church. And that it takes those three things. It takes the gospel at the center of all things in a community that lives together on mission. If we're going to make disciples and see disciples fill the world with God's yeah. glory. So yeah, I, I did used to lead that. Now, as people moved on and moved to other ministries and and more and more resources became available, it seemed like we no longer needed to try to become the primary repository of all things missional, right? And other sure. organizations kind of moved in and started adding to that, like Verge and GCD and all kinds of other places. And so eventually the GCM collective, we just kind of let it expire. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but everybody, you can still go to the website actually, and it just takes you to a page that says, here's how to find everybody else and all their stuff. <laughs> so, That's so cool. but yeah, so, but it's the same idea that never went away. Gospel community mission, those three components are critical when it comes to making disciples. And we think it's the foundation of the church actually. Yeah. You know, and for a, a little behind the scenes, uh, a little behind the scenes, action that's actually how i met you is through a gcm conference in huntsville ah, that's that? right i do you remember and that. jeff vanderstel and hugh halter and jonathan <laughs> Dod- dodson and uh it was just so fascinating and that was the first time that i was actually introduced to the whole kind of concept of living on mission wow. engaging your city and it was i mean to me it was intoxicating it was within within a couple months it was we packed everything up and we're on our way to to come wow and, wow uh, god really used that yeah that concept that organization yeah and you know what i remember too about that um i remember that uh because see, that was the only gcm collective uh live thing we did that hugh was at and uh i remember there he told the story of how he had taken me to his like sweaty hot yoga class and watched me die pretty much and that <laughs> yeah, was his remember big that. remember that that was like his <laughs> yeah. big yuck his big joke right <laughs> yeah oh man yeah. and i thought, yeah. I was so intimidated because I thought he was just going to, I mean, he looks, he looks so rough to me. Like he looks like he could kill you, but he's like the kindest human oh, in the world. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. He okay. looks like a dock worker or something, you know, longshoreman. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this idea um, that gospel and community and mission are all needed. And in fact, kind of crucial to making mature disciples. Exactly. But that might sound a bit obvious uh, to folks at first. And I'm wondering, I think it's important to actually walk through each one of those. So I'm wondering if you could take us through a little bit of a deeper dive into why each one of these three are so important individually. Yeah, great. Um, and I think it could sound like real obvious, like, yeah, of course, gospel community mission. Yeah, exactly. Like you said. Um, okay. So first off, the gospel 
is the power to change lives and set people free, Scripture says, right? Yeah. And that we have to have that at the center of everything we do. And even though that sounds obvious, um, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm suggesting that learning how to, the gospel speaks into and touches and transform all of life is what's needed in disciple-making, not just loads of Bible studies and the acquisition of head knowledge. Right. And so yeah. I even still have this conversation. It's like, it's like, hey, help me understand how gospel centered is the, uh, you know, the community you're in or how gospel centered is your pastor's preaching. And they're like, oh, it's totally gospel centered. He quotes scripture like crazy. But then you go listen to it and it's really it's law and it's due to be. And that's not the gospel. Right. So I'm not talking about loads of quoting of Bible in a, in a community. We're talking about the gospel, which scripture says that's the power to change lives and set people free. Mm. And, and see, without that, without that being central to everything, then we're really just a social club, either as a church or as a small group or a missional community. So that one, maybe it's uh, more obvious, like, yeah, we have to have the gospel, but, but there's a clarification, like truly sure. the gospel and growing in gospel fluency and how it speaks into all of life, not just a gospel that leads us to say a prayer about our afterlife, right? So, yeah. All right, and community, okay? So gospel and community. Community is, um, to make a mature disciple, think about this. We need each other and all of the spiritual gifts that God gives. And that includes apest, you know, from like Ephesians 4, right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. And, and we need each other's perspectives and experiences and wisdom if we're going to become and be and make mature disciples. Because here's the thing. No one of us alone is exactly like Jesus, completely mature. And so if we said, well, you know, discipleship can happen just one-to-one. Well, not to maturity it can't because if I just disciple you, and people have heard me say this before, I'm sure, if I just disciple someone for two or three years, chances are they'll grow and they'll learn some things, but they will most resemble probably me spiritually. Sure. Right? And though, though that might not be the worst in a sense of what, you know, maybe they went from zero to learning some things, but the goal isn't to make disciples of me. <laughs> it's to make disciples of Jesus. And, and sure. scripture says that together we make up the body of Christ. And so you can't really make disciples outside of community. People say, well, yeah, but I've been, I've been in church for 30 years. And I've never been in a community. Sure. Yeah, that's probably a problem. You know, because we have, we, we, we need each other. <laughs> we really, really do. Uh, if I want to become like Jesus, I need all the body parts coming to bear in my life and perspective and wisdom and age and, and young and, you know, new perspectives and old and all this stuff. That's how we, that's how we become Christ is the body. We're, you know, we don't just need a foot training another foot. You know, or sure. you know, or or whatever, right? So yeah, that makes sense. So gospel community and then mission, mission. It, it's when we're out on God's mission together, interacting with and serving others that are not exactly like us, or don't always agree with us, or appreciate our lives or our perspectives. That's when our own unbelief and selfishness, maybe, or personal preferences, etc., all surface, and yeah. then can have the gospel applied to those areas of our life. And see, that doesn't happen sitting in an air-conditioned classroom with lots of hot coffee and snacks being replaced in the back and us taking notes and nodding in agreement. It's when we're out on mission and with others that our unbelief sort of is exposed and is then best addressed by the gospel. And that's a big part of what's been lacking, I believe, in a lot of discipleship in most churches. And it contributes to a lack of maturity and fruit that we're seeing today. And yep. it's, it, that's also on mission, outward focused as a community, 
with the gospel is where we engage as the church, as God's kids in social justice and how we serve and care for the least of these in our world. That's important, right? And learning to live out of our servant identity in Christ. That all happens out on mission, right? So you could see now how each one is critical gospel community and mission if we want to grow to maturity and make disciples who make disciples who are mature in Christ. Yeah, you know, and I'm as you're talking, I'm thinking about that old analogy of like, well, it's like the stool with three legs, and if one's short, then you know that the stool's not sturdy. And I almost wonder if if we should talk about what happens when we don't have all three. So for instance, um, like a church or a missional community is really only embracing the gospel in community, but not living with an outward focus, that they're not doing mission well then, right? Like and vice versa. If you take community and mission but no gospel, you get like a social club. And it seems like you do need all three of these fitting together to make things actually like, you know, the in, out, up sort of thing. Yeah. It keeps things fluid. You're exactly right. And I love the analogy of the three-legged stool. It's a great picture and it's a great question. Let's just talk through those. Let's let's uh, look at what happens when you, may, let's say you get two of these, but you leave out any of the third. And sure. now maybe some communities, they don't have even two, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, they, you know, just get together and study the Bible or something. It's like, well, that's good, but no community and no outwardness. Like now we're a closed group, you know, sure. so, but let's just talk about what happens if you have two out of three even, but how it's, it lacks, right? So let's say um, you have gospel and community, but little to no mission, you know, outward focus, right? Well, right. like I said earlier, we become a holy huddle and, and we really miss the biggest implication of the gospel that, that God is filling the world with his glory through yep. disciples of Jesus, making more and more disciples in every household and city and nation, right? Go and make disciples all over the world. And rarely have I seen a church or a group that is actually growing in the gospel, like a true big gospel and growing in their gospel fluency. And then their community is not out on mission together. See, yeah. the gospel propels us. The true big, huge gospel of all of life and God's eternal purpose propels us out to find the lost sheep right? For who's next. Yeah. It's God's desire that none should be lost, right? And, and then we find them and we invite them over to dinner. So if you have the gospel and you say, well, we, yeah, but we hang out and we do community, but we're, you know, it's kind of closed. And so we just hang out. That's like that holy huddle mentality where I think we're missing out on God's eternal purpose, fill the world with other disciples. Yeah, I actually talked to someone recently. They said, Hey, we want to, we want to learn this and this and that from you. I'm like, awesome. But we're not really looking to start a missional community. I'm like, well, who are you going to do that with? Well, we want to teach other Christians this. I'm like, well, okay, but see, the gospel's going to send you out. I'm yeah, not. Exactly. The gospel will, right? So that's what happens if you have those two without the third. Um, let's look at, you have community, right? You're hanging out a lot together, and you, there's a lot of outward stuff, but there's little growth in the gospel, right? Yep. There's not a deepening of our a relationship with dad and understanding how the gospel speaks into and transforms everything. And that puts us in danger of being driven by a social gospel that's mm. kind of works-based, you know, you're yeah. busy. There's lots of doing to equal our being, you know, if we do this sure. and do this and this, then we're great, you know, we're missional or whatever, right? The more good works and social projects we engage in, the more spiritual and mature we think we are. Right. But, but we can end up doing all that in our own human wisdom if we're not connected, right, to the Father and to the Spirit. Sure. And we can end up doing stuff for human reasons. You know, it's yeah. like pragmatic, looks great, sounds good, whatever. We can end up doing it in our own strength. Yeah. See, but the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit has to be at the center of all we do as the church and at the center of discipleship. And it fixes that. Hmm. Right. Otherwise, we could just, you know, and, and you know, there's there's all kinds now. of community out there and groups that are secular that they really, man, they pull together and they treat people great. 
you know? Um, and they spend a lot of time together and they're out serving and cleaning stuff and all that. And there's no gospel. That's not the church. Yeah. Without the gospel at the center, (laughs) there's no Jesus. Then it means there's no church. So we, that one, that one's like really scary community mission, but not a lot of growth in the gospel. And I have people, you know, you think, well, no one's going to, that's not anybody. No, I listen. I I ask people all the time, GCNM, where's your strength? Where's your weakness? And I'd say about a third of the time people say, you know, we hang out a lot and have fun. We really feel like a family and we love serving. Uh, we're not going that deep in the gospel. Like, yeah. oof, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need all three. Yeah, that's not the church, right? So, yeah. and then let's look at the third one. Um, maybe you are growing in the gospel, your church or community, and um, you have a missional outward emphasis, but there's not a lot of real life on life in community. Right. And I have people tell me that too, you know, like consistently. Yeah. Um, you're not doing like family life together, living as a family, really doing life and modeling this life in the kingdom. Sure. And the spiritual freedom and the relational closeness and peace that the gospel brings. It's so huge, right? It, but how do you do that alone? Like you have to do that together. Yeah. You can't say, well, you know, we, we study a lot and then we go do these service projects, but we don't really have any time. There's no life on life. Well, when's, when's the gospel get applied? When do we see each other mature? When do we fight and forgive? Right. When do we when do we feel and experience that relational peace that, that Jesus came to, you know, freedom right, to bring sure. us? Right. It's like, remember, John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone will know you're my disciples. If you love one another, yeah. well, people need to be invited to the table and they need to see our families on mission. They need to see what God's kids look like when they eat and play and help each other and fight and forgive and laugh and cry and all that stuff. Right. And yeah. they're not going to, it doesn't say, you know, how will everyone know you're mine by how much time you spend in your holy huddle or how much time you spend in that building out on the edge of town. Or, yeah. you know, they'll know you're mine by your personal quiet times that no one ever gets to see while it's dark at home. You know, it's like, no, yep. and those aren't bad things. But we, gospel growth and missional outward emphasis with no community, I, I don't even know how that exists really because the gospel is going to bind us together, you know? Sure. Right. Just back to like, wait a minute, we are the body. We are God's family. It's part of our primary identity. We've taught that before. If God's our dad, all of ours, then we are a family. Let's be a healthy family. Jesus already said, that's how they're going to know your mind by your love for one another. So you there know, you go. And I'm thinking too, like, as you're talking, we've been in part of a, many different missional communities and they've all at times needed kind of tune-ups, right? You'll either swing super gospel heavy or you'll swing really mission heavy. Or like you said, you do the community and mission well and you get a social justice club that doesn't really bring any credit to Jesus. And so I think that constant tune-up is something that's really healthy. And I think that as people live on mission, the whole, the whole purpose, like living on mission does take a lot of intentionality. You don't just kind of stumble into it. You know, you, you, you kind of are moving people like it's a movement from unbelief to belief in every area of life. And I'm curious for people that listen to the show that are going, it might be good for our missional community or for our church to kind of take an assessment of where we're at and where we need to hone things up. What sort of advice would you give for our listeners who want to gain this richer, more balanced gospel community mission focus and in their lives and in the lives of their small group or the missional community and even the life of their church. Yeah. Well, I think I'll, I'm going to guess that even listening, some people would, if they did a little self-assessment, like, where do you think you're strongest? You know, sure. where do you think you're weakest? And there again, you, you like, you kind of drew the connections there a minute ago. Like it's, this is kind of up in out, right? Up yeah. towards the gospel in community life, increasingly living like a family outward, like who's next finding yep. more. Right. 
And I think that you can just say, hey, you know, where are we strongest? Where, where could we right now probably stand to grow? Because we want to we wanna move to maturity, right? Yeah. And, and that's yeah. our goal, not, you know, just mile wide, inch deep. And so I would say, um, l- let, me, let me throw some resources at folks that have been very popular and very, I've used them all. They're all just so powerful and everything. And they've probably heard us talk about these on the show, but it's been a really long time. But yeah. um, their uh, Missio Publishing puts out these primers, they're called. And there's a gospel primer, tangible kingdom primer, and justice primer. And what they are is they're, they're community studies that last for eight weeks. And there's a little something that you do each day of the week, seven days a week. Now, not all of it's together, but like there's like an introduction day and you kind of get introduced to an idea or a topic. And, and then sure. there's a few questions. And then they're like the second day, you like look at some scripture connected to that. And so, and then you journal, right? And so there's, you know, it's like 15 or 20 minutes a day, but then you do that throughout the week. And then there's a community day where you come together to either discuss what you're learning, push on that, go a little deeper or go actually do something right together. Yeah. And so they all, all three primers follow that. And really there is an up in out aspect of these primers or a GCM, you know, aspect of these primers because there's the gospel primer, right? Which is an eight week guide to transformation in the community, which will really give you like, really it's eight different ways of looking at the gospel and speaking it and communicating it, but it moves you towards building community that's gospel centered and outward focused all within the eight weeks, like baby stepping. Then you got the tangible kingdom primer. That's, that's like eight weeks to, towards building incarnational community for like, so, so small groups that say we've never really had much of an out focus. Perfect for them. It's going to really help them move little by little towards being a much more outward focused incarnational community. And then the justice primer is, is, is eight weeks learning together how to serve through community. And it really will help you grow in your understanding of, of what justice truly is and how, how we do mercy, you know, and, yeah. and be mercy in, in community. And so those are all available um, at, and as digital now too, which is perfect timing. It just, I think just like a month or so ago, the primers were all made available online because they're gorgeous. You've seen them. Yeah, they're oh, like, they're, they're, they're like, you know, it's like embossed hardcover, uh, bound four color throughout. They're like works of art each page. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's really, yeah. And I think it's part of why they've been so powerful for people. Um, but now they're available digitally and it's not a PDF. Um, the publisher, so, you know, if they put out a PDF, everybody would just send it around and it's, they'd sell like two copies, you know, and the authors get, you know, never <laughs> sure. make so, but they're, they're beautiful. It's like, it's like, it's been appified. You go online, you can either go on your laptop or tablet or your phone and they're just as beautiful as the printed version, but there's, you know, a place where you fill out your answers and do your different things and save that for next time and all that. So they're amazing. You know, full disclosure too, I wrote the gospel primer. Or I, say, I like to say I wrote it down. This is all stuff that we were learning together and building in community years ago. And lots of people spoke into and all. And I just happened to be the guy who got blessed to write it down, you know, and then Missio yeah. published it. But they are all powerful. And, and I would say check those out. Um, missiopublishing.com. It's like M-I-S-S-I-O, missiopublishing.com. We'll throw that in show notes. But you can, you can get all the primers there and, and – um, you know, it's cheapest if you buy cases, but you can also get them digital now, like I said. So if you don't even want to play around with that, or if like you live somewhere where shipping is like, whoa, it's always cost me as much. You know, like our friends in Australia and New Zealand, they used to say like, man, I'd love to get that primer. It's like, it's only like 15 bucks or something, but holy cow, it costs like another 20 to get it here. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Now you don't have to worry about that. And they're gorgeous. They're just as beautiful and super easy to use and all that. So we'll throw that link in there. And I think, you know, recently I saw Missio, they, they also have this special like three pack where you can get one of each primer. 
So you can oh, kind of check go. it out, you know, and they're like super discounted that way. Just so you can kind of you know, take a look at it if you're a leader, or, you know, pastor or whatever. So that'd be my tip, a little self-assessment and then, and then say like, Hey, maybe we dive into doing some of these primers and don't wait like, well, maybe that'd be good once we get past the COVID, you know, quarantining thing. Hey, there's no reason. I know right now, tons of communities that are doing this online right now. So you don't have to wait. And uh, people have time. So, <laughs> well, and the thing I love about it, I mean, we've t- we've gone through um, we've taken different small groups or people that were trying to transition to initial communities through those books. And the thing I love about them too is there's that weekly rhythm to it. So it's, I mean, you you do have exercises, you have times of reflection, you have times of gathering and talking through it. You have a time to have a meal together, which will be a little bit weird during the COVID time. But that that rhythm is really a task of people committing of doing the you know seven or so weeks together. And really getting some yeah, sort of eight weeks, but eight something weeks. each day. But it's a little bit, man. It's yeah, so it's not baby much steps, at all, and it's beautiful. People say, "Oh, I didn't really have time to do that." It's like you didn't choose to, because fifteen minutes, twenty minutes a day. Yeah, big lift, yeah. Right? Yeah. So awesome. awesome. Well, anyway, I hope, I hope folks will check those out. That will really help you grow. And and really, they're kind of designed to do them in a three step. So if you wanted to, I'm not saying you go straight twenty four weeks in a row, but if to do those all three of them in a community, oh my goodness, you would really awesome. start to balance out your GC and your M, your up and yeah, out, really would absolutely. be. All right, man, well, let's get to the big three, um, because as always, we want to leave people with the big three takeaways from today's topic. And if nothing else, we don't want them to miss these three pieces. And uh, by the way, if you're listening, you get a free printable PDF of this week's big three as a download by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Again, that's 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? All right. Simple, clean. Uh, first one, there's always been an all of life component to discipleship, the way that Jesus modeled it and sent us to reproduce it. And if we're not seeing the maturity and ownership for making new disciples that we want, it right. may be that we're missing one or more of these three critical components. So I'm guessing for some folks, the lights are going on today. Like, yeah, I feel like we're really strong. Oh, but we don't do much of that one. There you go. So a <laughs> little self-diagnosis, yeah. right? Number two, um, the gospel, don't miss this, the gospel is the power to change lives and set people free. Not just head knowledge or attendance. Mature disciples will never be made outside of a gospel-centered community that does life together in such a way that our everyday life and our identity, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, et cetera, are all being transformed by the power of the gospel. And that's really good news. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so third one, don't miss this, don't settle for just two out of three. You know, some people are like, yeah. well, we're pretty strong in two, three, you know, like, no, this isn't a batting average thing. You know, <laughs> if yeah. your church or small groups become a holy huddle where say knowledge acquisitions been your highest goal, start to engage more with those outside your community intentionally. Yeah. Ask the spirit to guide you in this. Uh, if your lives are not increasingly becoming more and more like a healthy family together in yeah. mission, your, your community, your church, look for ways to increase both your organized things that are going on and your organic sort of life-on-life interactions together throughout the week. Again, that takes some intentionality. And if you're busy just serving, serving, serving without feasting on the richness of the gospel regularly, well, then you're on a certain path to burnout legalism. Be careful there. We need the gospel in community together on mission as we grow in our Christ-likeness and seek to make more mature disciples of Jesus. Amen, dude. You know what's fun is we, when we were taking a group through this, we actually found different people have different strengths in the group, like like our kind of gospel centered, like theological, 
like theological types, uh-huh. they really kind of took a lead on that. And we had others that were just naturally nurturing people, good at uh, keeping the group connected throughout the week. And so we're like, hey, why don't you work on the community? And other people that are there you go. super plugged into the community, like, hey, there's opportunities here and here. And we were actually able to say, hey, why don't you the, keep us informed of the mission stuff that we can work on? And so Ways we can actually, serve and yeah. Yeah, so then you're actually like pushing leadership, you know, it's shared leadership with people gifted in different areas. Beautiful. So everyone's kind of fight. It's, you know, it, it works out, but. Yeah, I love it. Um, right, and we all have our, we, and that's why we need each other. Back to like why we make disciples in community. We need, we need all that. Yeah, Rare is the person that's strong in all three, you know, but yeah. even if you are, that's not the point, you know. Yeah, you're we, right. Man. We're a family. We're in this together, so. All right. Thanks for thank those. You. Again, 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three to get a copy of this week's big three. Um, these are great, powerful reminders and advice. And thanks for your, your work on putting this, this one together, Caesar. Absolutely. Um, hey, next week, we're going to talk about ways to add asynchronous discipleship practices into your life and to your church. And so yeah, everybody says, oh, everybody's so busy and it's so hard to get people together, even now with, you know, sheltering in place and all. But maybe it's better. I think it is a little easier, but there you can already feel it like people are fearful. Oh, we're going to get back to everybody's too crazy busy. There are ways to add asynchronous, like you said. So not only have to do everything exactly at the same time. Uh, into your discipleship practices. And so we're going to share some of those ideas and kind of get some of the juices flowing for you. Awesome. That's next Monday. Uh, Again, we thank you for joining us today on the show. If you want more information on the Life School podcast, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. (laughs) 